Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. With the holidays approaching, we'll have a little bit of a short podcast for you this week. I've got an interview with Kyle Fogg of two-time defending TBT champion overseas elite. Uh, Kyle's playing over in Spain and having a great season over there, and we'll talk to him about his experiences both playing overseas and in TBT. After that, Josh Brown's got an interview with Daniel Chun, the GM and center of Kimchi Express. Uh, Josh, I think, had a great interview with Daniel. A little bit of a technical snafu at the beginning, which Josh is going to explain, but I think you'll really enjoy the conversation that Josh had with Daniel. Really funny stuff. Thanks again for being a TBT listener. It's been a great year for TBT. We'll be back in 2017 and have some great stuff for you all about TBT and all the things that are going to be happening with TBT in 2017. Some great announcements and a lot of great developments. Thanks again for being a TBT fan. If you ever have any questions or comments or anything about TBT that you'd like to know, send us an email at info at thetournament.com. That's info at thetournament.com. Thanks a lot and have a happy new year. All right, we're joined now by Kyle Fogg of two-time champion overseas elite. Kyle, how are you? Uh, doing great, Dan. Thanks for the interview. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Hey, we're talking to you all the way from Spain and it uh, sounds like you're in a r- pretty nice place to be right now in Malaga, southern part of Spain, huh? Yeah, man. This is the first time it, uh, winter feels like home, so I'm definitely uh, enjoying it out here. That's right, because you've spent the previous uh, seasons that you've played overseas in, in places like Finland and Germany. I mean, there's got to be a big difference between that and, and the south of Spain. Oh, yeah. The winters over there are brutal, so I'm I'm definitely soaking in the sun out here. So you've had some time now. We're talking in December. But you've had some time since uh, Overseas Elite won its second of back-to-back championships in TBT. And I'm just wondering what you've had an opportunity to think about in terms of, you know, how you've won this thing two times in a row. Everybody seems to be in awe of the fact that you guys have, have gone back to back. Yeah, man, it's it's amazing. You know, just the opportunity to be able to win it just once is is great. And to go back to back just says, you know, a lot about our team and the guys we have on staff. But uh, it's just a, a blessing to have won it two times, and it still really hasn't even sunk in that we got it back to back. Were you as surprised as anybody that you guys were playing for the money, or do you do you guys kind of go into it with the expectation that you're gonna you're gonna win this thing every single time? We 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 kind of just look at it. Our, our strategy is just look at it per game, just win one game and win one game and win one game and just keep winning one game, and uh, it 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 just works for us, and we don't. We don't really think too far along the line. And of course, we knew, you know, back to back was ridiculous. But every team that we saw, we we knew they were great players, but we would see like a mismatch here or there or teams that, you know, they're good. But, you know, we've been through this before. This is the second time we're going through it. So we know, you know, how it goes and it's a game of runs and you got to be able to sustain. So uh, I think that gave us a big advantage, but we just took it game by game. When you talk about it being a game of runs, that was really never more apparent than this year. It seemed like you guys were down big in almost every game, especially in the semifinals. And yet you came yeah. back and won every single time. The team is now 13-0. and I mean, what is it about this group of guys that is able to overcome those those deficits? I think we've just a lot. We've just played so much basketball, just high level and just in college or overseas playing as a pro. And we just we really understand that the game's not over until it's over, especially when you have, you know, so many weapons like we do on our team that, you know, guys who can really put the ball in the cup. So it's like we just kept that belief no matter what. And we knew that we've been in this position before. And if we just go on a run and we can kind of smell a little fear from the other team, we know, you know, we've got a chance to win it. One of the things that everyone I talk to about Overseas Elite says 
other GMs, other players, everybody, they all say that you guys really play as a team. You know, that if something needs to be done, everybody sacrifices and gets it done. But the thing that's incredible to me about Overseas Elite is that you guys had never played before together as a team. You're not an alumni group. You know, you're not a group of guys that are all from the same city and have been playing together for 20 years. How is it that the group kind of came together like that so quickly? Uh, it's, it, yeah, it is pretty crazy. I mean, but a lot of us just, you know, know each other from playing basketball or have, you know, been around each other for a few days here and there. And um, we just have a bunch of unselfish guys who, you know, probably every single guy the previous year was, you know, one of the best players, if not the best player on their team overseas. But we knew it wasn't about, you know, the individual it's they don't care about you know stats at the end of the day it's they only care about you know who who ends up with the title since you've left arizona you've had a chance to play as we were talking just a second ago kind of all over europe um i think you started off in finland if i'm not mistaken and then uh, actually yeah. d-league first year right d-league first year and then first year in europe was finland right and then uh you know from there you went to belgium and then to, from there to germany that's a real progression of leagues it seems like in terms of what mm-hmm everybody says you know you kind of start at a lower level do well and succeed and that's something you've been able to do at every level what is it about playing in all these different places that you've taken from each of those countries in terms of uh, what you've learned about how you are as a player uh man it's been a like you said a, a pretty crazy journey just trying to step up every year um you know my first year in finland it was a you know amazing experience for me it was, it was definitely tough but i met some you know great people Got to play with my old college teammate, Jesse Perry, and then, um, you know, a good friend of mine who I met out there named Lawrence, who played at UAB, kind of taught me a lot. And, you know, just that year it was all about just building confidence and, like, realizing that, yo, you know, you can play, you know, with anybody if you just keep on working hard and, and trusting God. And, and that year, you know, ended up being pretty well for me, and I was able to, you know, make that jump next year to Belgium. And then, um, that year was just <clears throat> was tough as well, but I ended up playing with DeAndre Kane that year from uh, our TBT team the second time, and we developed a close relationship. And he, you know, gave me a lot of confidence when you know things weren't going well, and I just continued every day to work. You know, no matter what, if things went well or if things went bad, I just you know stayed with it. And you know, toward the end of the season, I I started playing really well and you know, had a good year that year and then, you know, moved on to Germany and just, you know, same, same story, you know, every year people were saying, oh, you know, this league is a lot tougher and, you know, you might not, you know, be able to do as well as you think, but, you know, no matter what, I just kept on uh, working, taking advantage of every single day and ended up leading Germany um, and scoring last year. And that just, you know, gave me even more motivation to work hard. And then, um, you know, put in a ton of work this summer and we, you know, got the title back to back for, uh, you know, TBT. And that I think for everybody on our team, that's just a huge, you know, momentum boost going into the season and, um, just motivates you to keep on, on working and, uh, and pushing yourself as far as you can go. And, you know, now I'm in, you know, you know, what they consider, you know, the second best league in the world under the NBA. And it's, you know, been great so far. It's, you know, so challenging, a very tough league with great players and ex-NBA guys all over the place. And I'm just loving, you know, the high level competition. And it shows me, you know, I still have to keep putting in a lot of work, but, you know, it's really exciting. A lot of TBT guys in that ACB league in Spain too. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Davin White, I know, uh, I don't know if you've played them yet or not. I know Scott Bamforth is over there. So it's a lot of obviously really high level competition, uh, playing in Spain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, uh, is apparent when you look at overseas basketball, Kyle, is that guys that have played at really high level college programs like you did at Arizona, um, sometimes become almost forgotten to the American fan. And I don't think people sometimes realize the work that goes into playing overseas and having a career like you've had so far over there. Can you really talk about what it is that has allowed you to do so well from country to country to country? Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. And a lot of guys, you know, don't last over here just cause, you know, being away from your family and, you know, being in a whole new culture is, it's not an easy task, but, you know, I think, uh, just, you know, the reason I've been able to succeed is just, uh, you know, my drive and just trust in God. I, you know, have a big dreams and goals and things I want to accomplish. And, you know, I want to, you know, help as many people as I can. And I want to be able to do, you know, a lot of things for my family. So I know, you know, every day when things get tough, that's, you know, kind of my dream and vision. And I make sure I keep focusing on that and trusting in God. And I know, uh, that that's what really pushes me and I know that's going to help me get through all the obstacles I face. What are some of those dreams and uh, goals you have? Uh, just helping my family and, you know, having, you know, my mom did a lot for me, you know, growing up as a kid and, you know, she's a big part of the reason that I'm able to live my dream, you know, out here and being able to play professional basketball. And she just made a lot of sacrifice for me. So I want to, you know, do that. Of course, I can never repay her fully, but, you know, I want her to be able to retire soon and just do what she loves doing and be able to chase her dreams like she gave me my dreams. And then um, another one of my big uh, goals is just to help as many people as I can. You know, I, I understand that I've been blessed with so much in life and, you know, just never had to worry about having food or water or shelter. And that's things that, you know, I take for granted. And I think a lot of us take for granted. And there's a lot of people who don't even know when their next meal is coming and don't have a place to stay. So, you know, it's just my goal to take, you know, basketball, which is what I love doing as, as far as I can take it and, you know, just make money and gain influence so that I can, you know, make a difference and help the people who weren't blessed with the same opportunities as I was. Has your mom been able to visit you while you've been playing over in Europe? Yeah. Uh, two years ago in Belgium, my whole family came out, uh, my mom, my sister, brother-in-law and my two nieces and nephew. And, it was amazing. We got to travel to Paris and, you know, the Netherlands and in Belgium as well. And this year during spring break, when the kids are uh, out of school, they're all going to come out again to visit me in Spain. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. You've done some really, frankly, just awesome stuff with the money that you've won from TBT. Not Maybe not all <laughs> of it, but a good portion of it. Can you really tell us what you've done with some of the winnings that you've had from back-to-back championships? Oh, uh, yeah. The first year, you know, my mom and I were having, you know, some problems with our house and, you know, our landlord and we, you know, weren't sure what we were going to do. And, you know, we prayed on it and ended up winning TVT that first year. So I actually used, uh, pretty much all the money to get my mom a new house, you know, near my sister and she loves a new house and that covered the down payment, of course. And, you know, we're still, you know, paying on the house, but, you know, the payments aren't too high because of the money that, that I won. And, and she just loves it. And it's, you know, 10 times better than our old house. So that was a big dream of mine, you know, just growing up is to be able to help my mom get in house. And thanks to TBT, you know, I was able to do that. And then, um, you know, with the second year winnings, uh, you know, I plan on, you have some money, money set aside to buy my mom a new car. 
which she should be getting pretty soon and um helped her with some furniture for the <laughs> the new house and um then uh worked with an organization called Pencils of Promise where uh what they do is just build schools in you know third world countries like uh who you know otherwise the children in the community wouldn't be able to afford an education so they work in you know for instance uh Guatemala, South America, Ghana, Africa and uh, Laos, Asia. So I uh, each school was a uh, 25k and I was able to fully build a, another school out there and then uh finish up the first one I was working on so uh I was able to build two schools through them and they're just you know amazing they make things you know extremely easy for you to you know do fundraisers and the people who work there are all amazing and 100% of the uh proceeds they earn go straight to uh building schools or you know teaching the people in the community you know a curriculum that they can teach to people and and help them there so it's 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 been great being able to you know work with them so that's where most of the winnings went so again that organization is pencils of promise right so where's the school that yeah. you where's the school that you were able to build so the first two i funded are in ghana africa mm-hmm. and uh they had they haven't started building yet but hopefully by this summer they'll be built and i actually am planning on going to visit one and then maybe be able to help build a second one while I'm out there. And then um right now I'm working on the third and fourth, which I'll build one in um Guatemala and one in Laos, Asia. And um I'm actually starting a big uh gonna push a big fundraiser for that during, you know, the next few weeks before the new year starts. Where did that come from? That sort of desire to to help out people around the world? Uh just from, you know, I think you know, my faith in God and my mom and my sister really did a lot for me, you know, growing up. And, you know, my sister made a, you know, a lot of, she'd go work and make money and then spend all her money on me. And I think they just kind of really instilled in me to do things for others. And, um, you know, ever since, you know, I can remember I've always wanted to just kind of help others. And, you know, the older I got and the more I realized, you know, how blessed I was to make money doing what I would do anyway and playing basketball. And it's, I just understand that it's it's really important, you know, once you achieve success to, you know, try to help other people and give back. And and really, I mean, not even to be selfish, like when you do that, you feel even better than you would normally. So it's like there's no, you know, downside to really trying to make a difference. Have you had a chance to go back and watch any of the games from this year? Uh, Yeah, I actually watched a couple of them with my mom. She recorded them. So, uh. Did you watch? I'm wondering great games. I'm wondering if you watched the semifinal game where you scored 42. Yeah, we watched. I ended up watching both of those games with a couple friends of my mom, and they were there. That was unbelievable. What does that feel like? I mean, I feel feel like if it was me that was doing something like that, just otherworldly shooting, seemed like you couldn't miss. I almost would feel like I'm watching somebody else. Was that was that what you (laughs) felt like, or was it? What what was going through your mind as you see that on replay? Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly what it was. I definitely had some uh, a lot of help from the man upstairs on that one because that was by far, you know, one of the best games I've ever played is just shooting the ball and and helping my team get the win. What does that feel like as you're doing it? As I'm doing it, it's just it was just to start it off. I was like, dang, I, I just one make one shot, give my team a little energy, and then. It started feeling like after I hit a second one, started feeling real good. And eventually it was like, okay, like 
I don't think I'm going to miss any shot I take. And my teammates were just all over looking for me, like every chance they could. And I was able to just keep on knocking them down. Had you ever had a game like that before? I Yeah, I've had very few games like that count on one hand. But one of them I had in Finland where I scored a 51, which is my all-time high. And that was like a, a similar feeling, the same exact feeling, just feel like you can't miss and nobody can can guard you. One of the other things that I'm sure that maybe you picked up on it when you were watching, but a lot of people were talking about, at least on Twitter and stuff, was the interaction between Colin and Drew Morrison on the bench. And I'm wondering, oh, yeah. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the relationship between Drew and Colin and, you know, kind of what you see as a player and when you hear those guys talking. The funny thing is those guys are like, literally best friends and and it's funny how they you know go at each other on the bench and and they are uh you know really close and both of them are great guys uh you know of course andrew is uh you know he's my agent and uh colin just being so close to him as a good friend of mine just meeting him through tbt and and they're they're great guys and uh, without them we definitely wouldn't have won you know they know the game of basketball and and they know when to just kind of let us go and and let us handle it as well. So it's definitely a great uh, duo of the team and the staff and Colin and Andrew. Um, you've played City of Gods twice in the semifinals and beaten them both times. First time you played them, uh, one of your teammates now over at Unicaja is actually on your team now is uh, Hamad Ayenja. Yeah. Uh, can you talk yeah. a little bit about some of the stuff that you talk about with him? And uh, are you looking forward to our City of Gods rematch potentially in 2017? Oh man, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy and love having him as a teammate. Uh, but we definitely, uh, talk about it and I definitely try to give him a little trash talk just saying, you know, we beat him and, and he's a good sport about it. But of course he doesn't like when I bring it up. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been, those have been, you know, some of our biggest games playing against City of Gods two times. And without those games, you know, I don't think, you know, we would have been tested enough to, to win the championship. Just having to get through them is really, you know, Pushed, pushed us to that limit of, you know, having to step up to the next level. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure, you know, they don't like us too much just having, you know, had two, t- two tough losses against us. And I'm sure they're definitely looking forward to trying to beat us this year. Uh, I know you got to go, but I have a, c- a couple more quick questions. Uh, the first off is, uh, what's the group text like among you guys on City of God? I mean, not City of Gods, on Overseas Elite. Do you stay in touch all throughout the season? Like, are you keeping up with what DJ's up to and, and all the guys? Yeah, we, uh, we, we talk in the group chat, not as much anymore, just being, you know, all in different countries and pretty much everybody has a different number right now mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I have a Spanish number, you know, but we all keep track, you know, or I keep track of every single person. You know, I know DJ just had his first triple double in China and, um, I talked to Eric McCullum, you know, probably the most, you know, he's, you know, one of my, you know, best friends on the team and we talk almost daily and you know guys like todd i just keep up with them or talk to them on snapchat so guys guys pretty much check in you know every now and then and we always follow each other it's it's almost like a family even though you know you don't talk every day all right so this one seems pretty obvious but obviously you guys having won it last year have an automatic bid in 2017 i assume that the whole squad is coming back huh yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't see why not so i'm hoping everybody's gonna (laughs) you know want to come back and think you got to go for it at least one more time, you know what I mean? A three-peat would really be incredible. <sighs> the back-to-back was already incredible for me, so three-peat, 
would be unbelievable. All right, Kyle, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, Kyle is playing again in Spain in the ACB. You can catch him playing for Unicaja, which right now is in fourth place in the uh, in the league, Kyle. That's a pretty good improvement, huh? Yeah, doing really well. So we've got a, a great team and great coaching staff. So it's been a good, good start to the year. All right. Thanks a lot for your time. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Welcoming Daniel Chun now, GM and center for the Kimchi Express into the podcast. Daniel, uh, you know, led one of the darlings of TBT in Kimchi, their team, all friends who came together to, uh, you know, give a chance to compete for the two million, just like anybody else. So, uh, big welcome to Daniel. And we began talking about how, uh, the whole team was accustomed to TBT. They knew, uh, what to expect coming in. You know, they watched the tournament the last couple of years. Uh, and then we pick it up with Daniel right away with how they actually came up with that famous name, the Kimchi Express. So I really think you're going to enjoy the interview coming up. Side dish. Uh, not a lot of people know that. Uh, it's a pickled cabbage, you know, sounds really enticing. Sounds really <laughs> fun. But, um, a lot of people didn't know that, but uh, the purpose behind that name, I guess, is just um, most of us were Asian. Uh, some of us were Korean. And so we wanted to gear that towards our um, our name. So that's how we got Kimchi Express. And I don't know where the Express part came, but, you know, it was a, it was a good marketing ploy. So that's that's what happened with the name. Well, speaking of that, your jerseys and uh, T-shirts, I remember being in the TVT office when stuff started to come in. I mean, they're... Far and away, uh, the most interesting logo, in my opinion, that we had this year. Have you guys gotten uh, a lot of requests from people to try to, you know, snag a t-shirt or something? Um, I would say like one or two outside requests, but, uh, among our fans, uh, the people that supported us and voted for us, we've got a lot of requests. Uh, I actually bought, you know, like, I think I bought like 12 shirts myself just to hand them <laughs> out because a lot of people, a lot of people uh, helped us and supported us. So I wanted to give us, you know, a token of appreciation. And, uh, you know, this is a once in a lifetime kind of thing. So might as well just get get the gear that we have. Now, you talked about your fans a little bit, and we'll get into your game with Team 23 in a second, but uh, we have a great photo of the kimchi fans in the crowd, and uh, you guys really had a good, you know, kind of uh, support section. Was it TBT something your kind of friend group and your community rallied around? I mean, we saw it in the crowd there, but just how, you know, how into TBT were the people uh, around you, your friend group, family, etc.? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, we owe it a lot to our fans because, uh, I don't know, I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty sure Kimchi Express is the only team without a former or current pro basketball player. That is just off the top of my head. But I think you're right. I, mean, I think you yeah, are. Something like that. And um, the highest level that one of our players have played is, I think, D3 or D2 basketball. And that wasn't even – that was maybe for a year. And so that's that's where we're coming from. So um, a lot of average Joes on this team uh, – we wanted to show, you know, the nation and the TBT fans that, you know, we always, we always kind of, I guess we always kind of come to the local gyms and always bring up this idea of, hey, what would it be like to be in an NBA game? Can we compete? Can we compete against the pros? Can we play overseas? That kind of thing. And so a lot of our fans rally behind that because, you know, we are one of them and, uh, we have a lot of people behind on social media, Facebook. Um, friends from high school, church, um, you know, uh, college, things like that. And so, uh, it was really good that they, uh, came out and, you know, it was a 9 a.m. game for that, uh, Team 23 game. And we had like, I, I think like 50 plus in the stands going crazy for us. So it was definitely a memorable experience. And, uh, yeah, it was super awesome to see that. 
Now, what was the recruiting process like for you? Obviously, the West wasn't the most competitive to get it in, in terms of fan voting compared to some of the other regions, but still, uh, you had to get, you know, a significant amount of votes to get in there. How, right. uh, you know, for some of these teams, you know, Pedro's posse, you know, you can throw a tweet out there saying we have Mike Bibby and Jason Williams vote for the team. You guys had to more kind of do a grassroots kind of uh, effort to get the votes. How much of a kind of, yeah. I know some guys call it a full-time job recruiting for TBT. How tough was it for you? Or, yeah, was it pretty simple? Did you guys have guys just kind of flocking in? You know, how, what was the recruiting process like trying to oh. make sure you had enough fans to get in? Oh, man, the recruiting process. That was definitely the the toughest part. Um. Like I said before, our team, you know, we don't have a lot of traction with basketball. We can't, you know, like you said, we don't have a, we can't send a tweet out and say Mike Baby and Jason Williams is playing. Um, but what we do have is Facebook. And so yeah. we use Facebook, we use personal messaging. And basically what we did is a lot of us, it's a, it's a credit to a lot of our, uh, players on our team. Um, we went on Facebook and man, we just, you know, milked our friends, uh, the people that we met for a day. The people we talk to for, uh, you know, two minutes, we go to the local 24 hour fitness and we ask random people to vote for us. You know, we we had to kill our pride a lot. And so um, <laughs> it, was fun. it was fun in a way like it was fun getting to see our votes um, stacking up against, you know, people that have really good players. And uh, yeah, that whole process is really tough, but it was really fun in, in the sense that I could uh, or I made a Twitter for Kimchi Express and. Although it didn't get a lot of traction, it was just really fun and making, you know, little Photoshop edits about our players and, you know, doing that whole thing. It was really fun in the end and um, it was a valuable experience, but uh, it was definitely tough to get in. It was definitely tough. Now, you guys find out you get in, and again, we'll get to the Team 23 game and uh, what you thought about having to play a team in the championship game, but just in general, you find out you get in. I know you were doing practicing before, like you said, you all play together uh, at 24-7 gym and stuff like that, but you find out you get in. What's the practice schedule like then? Were you guys, uh, I know we got a video of you guys <laughs> practicing. How often were you guys working out? I know you guys took it very seriously, um, even though I know a lot, you know, some people were uh, counting you out from the beginning, but again, how hard were you guys working to get ready for that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, so we, we were working pretty hard. Um, the thing is we don't have, you know, we have like alumni teams, uh, in TBT and it was, it was easy for them to get access to gyms. It was very difficult to get access to gyms for us. Um, especially open courts, you know, like things like that. So, um, it was difficult to have those times of having a full gym to ourselves. But what we did is we, you know, sometimes we salvaged, you know, a, a half court or something like that. And we worked really hard to get some practices together. But even just to get in was the main the, was the main issue. And I remember, uh, you know, like it was nine. It was nine a.m. Pacific time was the deadline of, you know, counting all your votes. And so I remember waking up, you know, six a.m. after sleeping at like four a.m. trying to get in the last, you know, votes that we can and just recruiting super hard up to that point. And so right when we knew we got in was when we were just, you know, celebrating so hard, so hard. And then, uh, and then it was back to business going back to, uh, practicing. But, um, it was, it was, it was interesting because we had a week, uh, a couple weeks before the tournament day, uh, we had a week where it was, man, we had three, three sprained ankles. Like one was pretty bad where he couldn't play anymore. And then we had a broken nose with, with our star player, Jay. And then I got like a facial cut, which was really weird. But, uh, you know, I wasn't banking on playing, but it was just weird. That whole week was weird. 
So uh, yeah, leading up to that tournament, it was it was that kind of uh, that kind of vibe. Well, I mean, again, you guys, well, I guess, getting into the game now against Team Twenty Three. Uh, before I get to that, what was kind of the reaction from you guys? I know you guys just kind of wanted to play and compete. You didn't care against you know who you played against, <laughs> but when you found out you're playing a team who made the TBT Championship a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we knew we knew we were going to be our the last seed probably. <laughs> And so it was either, uh, we were thinking it was either Team 23 or LA Unified because LA Unified squad was really stacked. And so, um, I remember the year before watching Team 23 and I, I didn't really see any big names when I was watching them, but their chemistry and their defense was what stood out to me. And I knew, you know, they're long and they're lanky and I knew it was going to be tough. But when we drew, uh, Team 23, uh, I just felt like we had a chance. I felt like, you know, of course we had a puncher's chance, but um, I felt like we could do it. And, uh, you know, we went out there. Uh, we, we played our hearts out. I, I remember uh, coming out before pregame in the parking lot. Uh, we were just all gathered there. And, uh, you know, we're just a bunch of our, our tallest player is uh, is like six, five. But we got and then we have short. We have the shortest. We have shorter guys coming in on like five. Seven five eight, that that kind of stature, and then we have Team Twenty Three rolling in with seven footers, six ten, and we're just we're so shocked, and we're just like, oh my gosh, but uh, yeah, we just went out there and competed. Well, you know, I was actually I was not in the West, I was in Charlotte for the games there, but I had my laptop open, you know, checking out what was going on in the West, and I look and it's like a twenty to twenty game or something. I mean, yeah, you guys yeah. gave them a real fight early, and I couldn't catch much, so I don't know what was going on. But what's going through your mind when you know you're a couple minutes into this game and you're you know kind of playing with them hand in hand? Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, uh, you 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 definitely did yourself a favor and uh, stopped there, stopped watching our game there. <laughs> Um, the first, uh, I'd say coming out, man, um, we were guns blazing. We were just chucking up threes. Uh, we were making them actually. And I was so surprised because they're, you know, they had some, uh, tall guards as well. So some tall wing players that we could challenge our shots. But, um, we got out, I think in like the first four or five minutes, it was pretty neck and neck. And I was so surprised. I was going crazy on the sideline. And then, um, so, uh, I remember, uh, they called a timeout. And they came out and then they subbed. I, I remember this guy's name. I'm pretty sure it was Justin Tubbs. Uh-huh. Man, he came out and he was drilling transition three after three. And I should have called a timeout, but I was too soaked up into the game. We didn't really have like a, uh, a professional coach or anything. We we're just, you know, a bunch of friends going in. So you can kind of imagine, you know, the nerves going into it. And so, um, yeah, I should have called a timeout, stopped the run, but. Uh, it is what it is. He, I think he went off for like six for six or five for five in the first half from three. And so that, that took us out that they ballooned it up to, I don't know, like a 15, 18 point lead. And then after that, you know, they shut the door. We were trying to, trying to scramble and try to shoot, you know, as many threes as we can. Cause that's kind of our game, but, uh, you know, they weren't going in after that. So yeah. Still probably a great feeling. Uh, you know, Lastly, on that game, you guys ended up scoring 80 points. Say what you want about uh, if they, you know, whatever happened late in, you know, garbage time buckets. But you scored, you know, 80 points against the defending runner-up. How does that, how do you kind of, like, feel coming out of that, knowing that, hey, you, you guys put up an effort? Right, right. Well, I mean, I, mean uh, I didn't really keep, I didn't really look up at the score so much. But in the end, I saw that we scored, you know, 80 points. So I was really surprised, uh 
I think more than the score, it was just the whole experience of having our fans there and uh, just cheering our brothers on. And, you know, it was really fun. Um, you know, the whole experience with TBT and how they do it, how they run it so professionally and uh, the way they treat you. And, uh, you know, it was really fun in the end. And, uh, you know, I had to go in there in the last couple minutes, drain a couple threes, <laughs> you know. Um, and so it was, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And, uh, team 23 was really good about it. And, uh, yeah, it was just going out there, just competing and seeing what we can do against the pros. Now, lastly, you know, the question that everyone wants to know, what's the future of Kenshu? You guys are planning a <laughs> return. Any, any news you can kind of break here on, uh, the first day of the summer? <laughs> well, uh, breaking news. We will be back. We will be back for 2017. Uh, Kimchi Express is back, so we need all the votes we can get, especially from these average Joes who want to support your fellow average Joes. We want to come back. Uh, we'll practice more. We'll, uh, you know, maybe we'll recruit some, you know, some players. I'm trying to, this is just a little exclusive. I don't know if Jeremy Lin is hearing this, <laughs> but, uh, I've reached out to you, Jeremy Lin, multiple times. Uh, I really want to get you out to the tournament, so, even if it's you or if it's your brother, uh, I want you guys to come in, come into Kimchi Express. Let's make the tournament and let's make some noise in the tournament. So uh, that's just a shameless plug, but uh, we'll see what happens the next year. Hey, we saw Everline Drive kind of do that. They went from a team of friends to they got a couple uh, professionals on the team. So if they do it, Kimchi can certainly do it as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Daniel, actually, one last thing that came to mind, and I don't know if you uh, have thought about this. I know this is just a fun thing for you guys, but you guys are really the first team. I mean, we there were other teams that were created by um, people uh, not affiliated with, you know, pro college, professional, etc. But you guys are the first team to really have, like you mentioned, no professional players and really no college players either that, that made it into the tournament and... Uh, you know, competed in, in a game. Does that kind of, do you ever think about that? That you're maybe, you know, kind of trailblazers for a new crop of teams moving forward, you know, saying that, you know, TBT is an open tournament. You don't have to be a college or a professional player to play in it. Um, and, you know, if you work hard in recruiting, anyone can, you know, make it in. Is that anything you've thought about at all? Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, that was kind of our main focus going in. I know that, you know, a lot of the teams had pro, pro players or a big alumni group that would get them in. But, uh, you know, just having that hope of anyone can join the tournament. And, uh, you know, I just really hope that the tournament kind of holds true to not making this tournament so hard to enter once it, you know, expands more and more. Um, I just want to see a lot of, a lot more teams, you know, come in with, you know, a group of friends and just try to get in. You really don't know what's going to happen. Just recruit. And, uh, yeah, you really don't know. And so, um, if you if you're wanting to join, come contact me. Um, con come contact me at the Kimchi Express, and so we want all fans aboard. And uh, let's go, let's go hop on this train all aboard the Kimchi Express, baby. That's the motto, Daniel. We'll certainly have a lot of fans. Uh, I know I was. Uh, I shouldn't say it. I was secretly pulling for you guys. So uh, <laughs> we will see what happens in the future. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck heading into 2017. Appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for having me.